0: Ian Trottier here with discussions of truth is another great episode from Anaheim, and this time a very interesting guest here. Now she's a whistleblower, and uh, Cassandra Watkins is with me at the moment. Cassandra, thanks for joining the program. For take a moment, introduce yourself for listeners.
1: Well, my name is Cassandra Watkins, and I am actually an ordained minister. And I've traveled around the world. I've been to 21 nations in the last three years. And uh, I'm also here today at this event working as a reporter with Liberty Report.
0: Amazing. Uh, What led you becoming a reporter?
1: Well, this is brand new. This is a new... uh, You don't
0: strike me as being a reporter.
1: I'm not, really. (laughs) But it's a new pond of people and opportunities, and I'm really grateful to be here. But honestly, more than anything, I'm a truth teller. And I want to see real stories and hear real stories. I know that's what the American people want to hear. They want to see and know what is real, what is truth. And so, as a result of my personal story, which has led me around the world, uh, that has actually led me right here, right now.
0: Where are you from, Cassandra?
1: I was born in San Diego. Oh. And I spent a lot of my life in Tennessee.
0: Aha! Uh-huh. All right, so you're kind of a uh, you're 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 a you're a golden you're you're a golden nugget slash Southern peach.
1: peach no, that, the peach would Georgia. be Georgia, right?
0: But Tennessee. Tennessee yeah, volunteers. Volunteer. Volunteers, okay. All right, so I'm So, um, so Cassandra, uh, before before coming in on the live and starting the show, you and I were were talking about your whistleblowing. Now it's for, for listeners, brace yourself because this is this is going to be a, a, a very likely emotional topic for you to even hear, and this is coming from someone who's experienced this firsthand. Um, we've got we've got a lot of different elements of uh, illegalities that are trying to pop, out, pop up as becoming legalities, if, 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 if you can understand what I'm saying, and I know you can. But one of those illegalities... That's happening is something that Cassandra experienced firsthand. Before we get into that, because it's a heavy kind of topic, and while again I'm cautioning listeners to brace themselves for this, to really go into this, Cassandra, what were you doing before you became a reporter?
1: Well, before I became, uh, got involved in media and uh, ministry.
0: Southern Bell. Sorry, sorry. Southern Peach. I was going to say Southern Bell. Southern okay,
1: Bell. That works. Um, Before that, I worked in sales, Uh, I worked in a department store at Dillard's Cosmetics and I also um, got heavily involved in grassroots politics and started uh, managing House of Representative races in Tennessee and my the reason why I got involved in politics it was very much a leading into it but I wanted to see I have a passion for justice and if you want to see justice uh, the the effective way to do it is to get involved in the process and so I just started uh, actually I had dreams and um, my dreams are what led me into the places it's just like I would dream something and then God would do something and so it's very much a leading and a connection and um, so it just kind of grew from that point but as a result of me actually telling my story which happened in 2015, it literally cost me everything. So it's been a... Uh,
0: you lost a job at Dillard's, you mean?
1: I Well, I lost my job at Dillard's, I did, but that was more because I couldn't be quiet about my faith and my conservative values. But whenever at I, Dillard's? At Dillard's. And uh, so that was the beginning, weirdly enough. But then, uh, it also, whenever I told my story, it also cost me the relationship with my entire family. So I know what it means to lose everything. I I left my home and my job and my everything.
0: Okay. Uh, Your conservative stance has cost you the relationship with your family. What do you mean by family?
1: Well, it wasn't my conservative stance that cost me the relationship with my family. It was me telling the story that I was beginning to tell you before this interview began that cost Uh, me because my mom is still married to my abuser.
0: Okay so let's get into this cassandra walk us through your childhood
1: well i was born in san diego california but spent most of my life in middle tennessee my mom and dad separated whenever i was three and whenever i was between four and five my mom started uh, dating the man who became my stepfather and he's he's a pedophile he started horrifically abusing me sexually and physically uh, whenever I was so young. And uh, this continued for a long time. And whenever the sexual abuse stopped, he did stop whenever I was around the age of seven, which actually confused me. I did, you know, um, extreme physical abuse started. Like he beat me until I was black and blue I mean it was uh, and then there was other stuff that he did that professionals have actually classified as calculated cruelty and if I went into that it might be too heavy for some of your listeners to hear but uh, professionals have said the majority of people who went through what I went through typically go one of two directions substance abuse or suicide and I did spiral. I did the drugs, the alcohol, the promiscuity, and uh, my family for Small Town South was, I mean, we had a beautiful home, brick home, swimming pool, horses, you know. Everything from the exterior of my life looked good. People had no clue the hell. That I, that I was going through and what I was living in. And I didn't tell anybody my story because my stepdad threatened to not only kill me, but he also threatened to kill my biological dad um, if I ever told anybody what he did to me. So I was literally locked and bound by fear for so many years. And um, that all the stuff that I was doing you know, the our rebellion if you will, the drugs, the alcohol, the promiscuity, it was all just a cry from the depths of my soul for love. But what's amazing about all of this that's happened is in me I've always been a fighter and I cannot stand injustice and if a kid was bullied in school, I would jump in the fire to pull them out even though I knew nobody would pull me out because God made me tough and uh, I believe that that set the course to the mission that's carried me around the world because. We live in a society of victimhood. Everybody's a victim. But through Jesus, uh, he's given us the keys that we need to overcome and to move into f- the fullness of victory. And that's the message I want to share.
0: Your stepfather began abusing you sexually
1: yes.
0: at the age of four. You were violated.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um your natural, what was your natural disposition to this? How did you, when this was happening, you? How did you? How did you react? And then, what did he? What tactic did he use to stop that reaction?
1: Um, well, he threatened to kill my dad, and uh, and and so.
0: So let's say so. So initially. You're realizing this isn't right. right. This is a violation of me and my body. I, what did you want to do at that point? You want to go to your mother? You want to go to your biological father?
1: Well, I, my dad is the one I trusted because my mom...
0: Biological father. My okay.
1: biological father, yes, um, who lived in San Diego. Uh, my mom watched him physically beat me and did nothing about it. She would just drink and pretend as if nothing was happening. And so it's like if she's not going to do anything about that, if I told her about the other stuff, then um, you know why would I believe? She, she would, would see the
0: abuse with her own eyes. Absolutely, and not doing anybody. Well,
1: and she's a registered nurse as well. And uh, I was having problems that little girls should not have, and she knew what she was looking at, but chose to look the other way.
0: Um. Okay. So we're going to fast forward. Age of seven. He stops the abuse you're perplexed as to why he stopped it, right. do you know why he stopped?
1: Do You know, I asked that question for years and what's incredible about that is I had a conversation with my grandpa, my mom's dad, um, and I always believed that my grandpa believed me, but I kind of believed that he was maybe in a position where I don't know, I don't know why there wasn't greater inter- intervention that happened, but What was incredible is as I have surrendered my entire life to Jesus and whenever people ask me what I do, the easiest way for me to explain what I do is it is very much a calling. Uh, But whenever I spoke with my grandpa, um, God made a way for that to happen in January of uh, 2017, literally right before I left Tennessee to go to President Trump's inauguration. My grandpa, I found out he was in the hospital and uh, i found out nobody was there and i was like that's the perfect time for me to go have a conversation with my grandpa and whenever i did as i had gone um the holy spirit has spoken to me and and told me he was like you're not to defend yourself i am your i'm your defender and but i felt just in my heart i needed to tell my grandpa whenever i went to see him in the hospital and I, i walked into the room And he was so happy because I actually was doing some work for President Trump's uh, 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 election in 2016. And he apparently was really proud because I walked in and he's like, this is my grandbaby. She's been working on President Trump's campaign and like was telling everybody. And uh, whenever I walked in there, I told him, I said, Grandpa, I said, look, I've prayed about this the entire way here. And I said, and I just feel really strong that I need to tell you the truth. I am not lying about what he did to me. And he said, I know you're not. And he said, I guarantee you I know when that, and he used some colorful adjectives to describe him. When he, he said, I, I guarantee you I know when he stopped. And I won't say what he said, but he indirectly threatened him whenever I was approximately around the age of seven. And conveniently, that's the time that that stopped. And what's weird about that, and if you are a victim of abuse in that way, it's like, it was almost like, in the most twisted way possible, whenever he stopped abusing me, it almost felt like rejection at that point, because it had gone on for so long. And it was just like, what what is going on? Like, you know, and it was just, there was this such trauma But um, anyways, uh, the way that I got healing and freedom from all of this, the fact that I'm not in a mental institution or dead right now is literally uh, because of Jesus and and I, I see his hand on my life and uh, i'm just so grateful but now i've got a fire in me to to help other people and i and i I cannot oh i didn't tell this part of my story as well Uh, but whenever i was in the seventh grade um, my stepdad was charged with child abuse which was mild compared to what he was actually doing um but uh, conveniently the charges were dropped And um, because of perversion of justice, corruption, small town south, and so uh, I've always said, whenever I was a little girl, I was in a beauty pageant, and one of the questions was, uh, what do you wanna do when you grow up? I was in the eighth grade, and I said, when I grow up, I wanna expose corruption. And that didn't give me very many points in the beauty pageant, but it was funny that that's what came out of me because I just want to see, and I know that there are righteous people that God is calling to do great things that are actually going to take seats of authority in this time and it's amazing to see what's happening on a mass scale the mass exposure of all of this wickedness and perversion and twisted stuff that's been going on for so long but I know like I can see it a lot of people don't believe it because of the way they see things from the surface right now but I know the tide is turning and we are about to see great things
0: Cassandra at what age now you'd spoken with your your grandfather it sounds like he intervened and got this beast to stop praying at what age I, what? first off what incredible strength you've been able to show and say I'm not the victim here
1: right.
0: it's really him that's the victim Right. and that's seems like a, a, a real solid message for listeners to walk away with here. Because so. um, what volumes that speaks. At what age did you feel comfortable? Because I'm looking at you and I haven't experienced this. Right. Okay. Right. And, uh, and it's really terrifying for me to think, and I know you're not the only person. I know, but it's but it's it's not my reality. So to think that this is someone else's reality right. is a very difficult uh, uh, understanding to sink in. At what age were you when you? How old were you when you when you decided? You know what? I'm comfortable speaking about this.
1: Well, it was uh, twenty. So um, February of 2014 is whenever I fully gave my life to Jesus. And like that was a total surrender, and that was an understanding that He's a good Father. And I encountered love whenever I encountered Jesus, and that was what I was seeking. And uh, it was very much this that I have with Him. It's very much a relationship. And it's like whenever you love somebody, you don't want to hurt them. And So anyways, I I learned that he's a good father the best father and So it was literally through that and whenever I understood that I truly I said Lord I've lived in spiritual Egypt my entire life And I'm so hungry to get to the land flowing with milk and honey I'm not going to prolong my wilderness experience by disobedience. I give myself all of you I mean give give you all of me, you know, and I and so whenever I did that, um, that's whenever everything, like, got was crazy accelerated and things really started moving and happening. And before that, there was a work that was happening, even before the full surrender moment. But uh, it was actually 2015, I was working a booth in, uh, at NRB, actually, National Religious Broadcasters Conference in Nashville. And whenever I was there, I w- wasn't talking to... Um, I, wasn't, I had not come out with my story, story publicly yet. I was telling individuals, like, kind of like we were talking earlier, and I met a lady, and she's like, I have to have you on my show. And, uh, and I knew. It was like whenever she invited me, she had a pretty uh, extensive reach, and, and I knew that it was going to cost me everything, which is what I was referencing at the beginning of the interview. But, but I told God, I said, You know what? I know you want me to be a voice for these people. And and I I know that it's going to cost me everything. And but I told him I was like, all this is broken and dysfunctional, anyways. And you are the restorer of all things, and you make all things new. So I'm just going to be obedient and do what I know you're calling me to do. And so it was it was 2015 is whenever I came out publicly for the first time and. It did cost me everything. I've not seen my mom since 2015. She's still married to him. The whole family said she's a liar and she's crazy and she's all of these things. But all I know is as I have literally denied my flesh and picked up my cross, and follow Jesus first of all he's done extraordinary things and I know that he is not finished with this situation yet and I know one of my favorite life verses is actually Amos 5 24 let justice roll like a river and righteousness like a never-felling stream and justice and righteousness are the foundation of God's throne and so anyways I just know that there's a way to go about doing these things and I'm not vindictive And I'm not angry. The only thing that I honestly want is for that man to never be able to hurt another woman or child and put them through what he put me through. And I don't know what that looks like. I've literally laid even the process in the hands of God. And I know that he's going to deal with it according to however he sees fit. And I am okay with that. And uh, so anyways, and it's just like, but whenever you go at these things, and I know there's a lot of hurt and anger, and it's been a a lot of processing for me to get as free as I am. But uh, I just know that there's a a way to go about doing these things, and um, I believe the only way is to be led by the Holy Spirit.
0: So Cassandra, as we wind down here, I want to thank you for being that voice uh, of strength as it speaks to many people and, 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 and that hopefully in turn encourages, encourages and motivates others to, to also find that strength that they, that they have uh, and they can build upon from receiving from you as we wind down what are your thoughts in regards to the state of the union if you will uh, this, 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 this country we live in that is known as the United States of America what's, what's happening to your country right now
1: It very much resembles a great unraveling, and uh, what we are seeing with the Biden administration is a counterfeit authority, and um, anyways, and I know that I see everything that's happening. I mean, it's really bad, and it's really ugly, but you know, whenever you do spring cleaning, you have to pull everything out of all the corners under the bed you have to literally and it turns into a huge mess before it can effectively be cleaned up and I believe this gross corruption and wickedness on all levels has been going on for so long but it's been hidden and the people have not had the ability to actually see but what is happening right now is there truly is an awakening and as people are waking up to actually see, I personally believe that God is releasing solutions even in regards to medicine. I think everything is going back to the garden where uh, Big Pharma has taken over everything. You know, there's a whole lot of natural uh, things that I believe are are coming out solutions, uh, whether it be in medicine and also I'm really encouraged by some of the people that I'm also seeing as I've even traveled around the world getting involved and I, I know it's like I can look at people and tell whenever they are truly being led and called by God and what's cool about that is sometimes they don't even understand that it's God that's actually using them and sometimes they awaken to even that reality in the process. But. He, the people that are that that God is calling right now I believe like we're seeing wicked kings so to speak they've been sitting in their thrones and they've been ruling for so long but I believe this is the hour of God's justice and these people are being exposed and pulled down from their high places. And I truly believe there are righteous men and women that have been waiting on the backside of the mountain that are being called into position for this time, for such a time as this.
0: Thank you very much. Tell us a little bit more about your program, what you're doing with uh, with your program, and you're, you're, you're a host for this uh, talk show. Tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Well, that is brand new. Uh, today is... Uh, Day three of me actually going out with Liberty Report and uh, capturing interviews, we actually were just in uh, in Denver, Colorado, at the All-Star Game, and we were interviewing people. At What's
0: What sport is that? Baseball. Baseball, okay.
1: And we were asking the people, I mean, all different types of questions, but a big one was how they felt. About the politics behind the game, moving from Atlanta.
0: Oh, that's right. Okay, got it. All right, yeah.
1: And uh, to Denver, and so that was fun to... So
0: what was that? The, the Atlanta, Atlanta said no because what, what was the what was the reason? I. Well,
1: the, the, apparently it had to do with voter laws and uh, the voter laws. They they believed that uh, it was the the Major League Baseball believed that the. Uh, Voter laws that were implemented was evil, I guess, is the easiest way to explain. And so, as a result, Major League Baseball said, okay, we're, we're taking the game from Atlanta and we're moving it to Denver. What w- The crazy part about that, though, is the laws, the voter laws in Colorado are actually more strict are they? than what has even been implemented in Georgia. So, it absolutely makes no sense whatsoever. But... Um, I, it was cool because there was a lot of people in Denver that were happy that the game was there. They hadn't had it there in like 21 years or something like that. But So anyways, that was, that was day number one with Liberty Report. And uh, yesterday was day number two, and this is day number three.
0: My goodness. And where is Liberty Report based? Uh, Tennessee?
1: Actually, Phoenix, Arizona.
0: And how did you get associated with them?
1: That's a whole story, but I actually wound up in Arizona. uh, The purpose I went was actually to pray about the audits that were taking place. No kidding,
0: Cassandra. And,
1: And so I went there, and I was outside the Coliseum, and what was so funny, and even how I got there is a whole other story, probably for another interview, but... Um, so I get there and it was so funny because I drive up to the Coliseum and as I drive up there are all these Trump supporters that have all their flags like right in front of the Coliseum. And I drove into the Coliseum and I was like, hey, those are my people. So I turned around and went back and I went into the parking lot and started talking to all of these people. And so uh, they told me this is so cool. Uh, this, this is an example of your gifts will make room for you. So, so I start talking to them, and they said we're having a revival rally at the Capitol tomorrow, and uh, it was about the fraud and everything that's been going on. But they were also uh, doing it was Christian based, and so they said you should come. And so I went to that the very next day. And as I'm standing there, I was talking to somebody, and as I was talking to somebody, they was like, "You need to speak." And they said, do you know the organizer? And I said, I do not, I just got here. And, and they, they went over and they pulled the organizer and they said, she needs to speak. And she said, okay, what's your name? And literally they handed me a microphone. And so I addressed the rally in front of the Capitol in Arizona. And uh, while I was there, I met Bert from Liberty Report. And he said, he was like, you're fantastic. He said, I want to interview you. He said, "But we need to talk." And this whole thing just kind of happened.
0: Wow! What a story. That is incredible. Do you have a personal website, Cassandra?
1: Not yet. A lot is being built, and I'm also writing a book, which I hope to have done by December of this year. And so I will have all of the uh, official stuff soon. But um, you can find me. My name is Cassandra Watkins. K-A-S-O-N-D-R-A Watkins. And I'm on all social sh- social media platforms. You yeah, haven't been I'm taken there. off yet. Well, I'm so shadow banned. I used to get. Oh, you are. I am. I, I used to get traction mostly on Facebook, but now it's nothing.
0: So you create new accounts?
1: Actually, I haven't been kicked off yet, so I'm still there, my original account. But we'll see how much longer I last there.
0: Amazing, uh, Cassandra Watkins. Thank you for joining. Discuss Your truth. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show.
1: Thank you for having me.